This is the Dear Ruby Column, a new kind of personal finance podcast where your money questions are the star of the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode two of the Dear Ruby podcast. And we have a really interesting story today uh, to share with the audience. It's pretty unique, yeah. It's pretty unique, but I think at the same time, it speaks to a really old school Mm, mentality mm. of people who find it very difficult to let go of their old ways and trust new systems. And younger people trying to convince their parents, in this case at least, uh, that they need to get modernized when it comes to their finances, their personal finances. Otherwise, they're putting themselves in a very difficult situation, a very vulnerable situation. Mm -hmm. It's a good theme. Uh, They may not have this exact problem, but something similar. like Exactly. So we are protecting this person's identity because she is really concerned about her parents' safety. Uh, We're going to call her Rachel. Rachel. So Rachel uh, recorded and sent Dear Ruby this question. Dear Ruby, I just found out that my parents have been carrying lots of cash around with them as opposed to, you know, putting it in the bank. And they won't listen to my advice of putting that money back into the system or like investing that money because of their own paranoia with banks and the kind of false sense of security that they have with just owning cash. How do I convince my parents that that cash can be put in a better place uh, where it can grow and actually help them? So that I found to be really interesting because... It's a question I didn't expect. I mean, normally we get questions like, should I put money in my TFSA or my RSP? Should I be driving Uber? What's the best credit card? (laughs) So this was a really unique question. Do you know anybody who has this kind of obsession with carrying cash around, even in this cashless society that we live in right now? Well, you know, I I knew people who would carry a bit of cash in their pocket, you know, maybe more than they might need, just so they're prepared for an emergency. But, But carrying a lot of cash around that... I don't know anyone who does this. It's going back a couple of years, but recent enough that we still were kind of already doing debit and credit for everything where my friend's dad said to me, always make sure you have $50 in your pocket. And I thought, why? Why would I want to carry $50 just in <laughs> case I lose it someday? You know, yeah. I'm making myself vulnerable to losing it. But this is a much more extreme story. So I was lucky enough uh, to be able to go and meet with Rachel in her home um, and just hear a little bit more about this story and what kind of help she's asking for when it comes to getting her parents to modernize their banking. Uh, we were going to go out for dinner one one night and my mom brought her purse and she was like walking around my bedroom like look like with her purse. I was like, what are we doing? We should get going. She was just like, I'm just looking for a spot to like put the purse. And I was like, just like anywhere. And she was like, no, 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 no. Like all, all the money is in here. I can't. I can't just leave it. I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, and then my dad chimed in. He was like, well, your mom was afraid of leaving the cash at home. So she brought it all over with her in, the, in her bag. And I was like, that's, that's insane. I kind of, you know, put that aside. Cause you know, like I was just like, I was thinking that she was like, maybe had like a couple hundred dollars. Like, I didn't think it was 
a big deal. And then we came back from dinner and I was telling my parents that I was going south of the border for a visit. And I asked them if they had some like petty cash that they can give me, like, you know, like $1 bill, $5 bills Mm -hmm. that I could spend when I'm there. And then my mom was just like, oh, how much do you need? I was like, no, like, honestly, not a lot. Just like any pocket change I could easily use for like coffee or um, whatever. And then she takes out her purse and she just takes out like this huge envelope of money and just like gave me a thousand dollars in u.s and i was like who and like that's not the only thing so she's carrying like multiple currencies in like multiple envelopes of just cash and and it kind of really freaked me out i was like why are you carrying that and she was just like well you know it's it's not safe to leave it in your house she's like you know people know that asian people always have cash in their homes and you know it makes us targets for robbery and i'm like but you're perpetuating that stereotype. You can easily combat that fear by not keeping cash in your house. Anyway, we got into a very frustrating conversation where I just couldn't convince her to do something with that money and like let her know that like this money isn't growing, like just keeping it in envelopes. So that is the story. That's what got Rachel to record her question and send it to Dear Ruby. It's a really complicated problem. And I believe, Tell me, Bo, if you if you feel this way, it goes beyond personal finance. There's a little bit of you got to think about the psychology of it, too. Like how are why are they feeling that their money is not safe in a bank? Yeah, there's a there's a lot in that clip, like a lot to dissect. Right. (laughs) First of all, they are scared all the time. It seems, you know, it's not safe to keep the money at home. Got to keep it with us. It's not safe in a bank, not safe. It's not safe anywhere but on your person. Yes. I mean, I just have the, <laughs> I just, if they get more money they can fit in a bag, do they start strapping it to their person? Is that what happens? Or what maybe happens they have when some. they travel? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do they, wait, are they not traveling because of this money? Or do they not go anywhere? Maybe they don't go anywhere because they're afraid to leave the money. Well, this is the thing. I get the impression that they don't want to leave the money anywhere. And so then that would stunt their ability to do simple things like travel out of the country or go on an overnight trip or have people come and stay over because their money would become vulnerable in all those situations. And they're suspicious of everyone, probably, maybe even family. Oh, And so, you know, Rachel is really frustrated because even something simple like them getting mugged, I mean, it's not the most, uh, you know, most likely thing to happen. But if you live in a big city, you could, you know, you could have some unscrupulous person come up to you and take your bag, them thinking they're going to get a couple of hundred dollars in credit cards, and they walk away with a large sum of cash. Uh, So I want you to guess how much cash, because she said, she already told me that they've got different currencies. Yeah. And, and and she described to me how the reason this money has come into uh, their possession is that when they get money, like say you go and buy something for someone and they pay you back in cash, they say, oh, here's that $20 that I owe you. Rather than going and taking it and putting it in the bank, they just started saving it. Or if they ever got paid for something in cash, they would just save it. Any cash that came into their home, they just didn't feel comfortable putting it in the bank. Any, yeah. any guess on how much you think they have? Well, so if we if we say $1,000 U.S. can just be pulled out <laughs> super <Yeah>. easy, <laughs> right? It's like, okay, you know, I would say maybe they have at least 10 grand in there. Uh, like, let's just say, forget the currencies, maybe just 10 grand worth of, like, monies. 10 uh, grand worth of Canadian dollars. Let's say, let's say 10, 10 grand Canadian. But, like, also that can't be, well, maybe it is their only savings, right? Maybe because people don't have a lot of... 
what like the savings rate for some people is not very high. In right. Canada, right. Few percentage of what you make a year is nor like people are putting away less than five percent yeah. of their before tax income um, in Canada, which is horrible. You should be putting much more away. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe this is their only savings. And, and maybe that's limiting them, too, because they can only keep as much cash as they're comfortable like carrying around right so maybe they're they're just spending things that they don't need to spend that's just the i'm just reaching there but that could be a consequence of this as well right also i didn't know that uh asian people keep cash in their house that yeah, wasn't well, that wasn't a, a stereotype the ba- the i was about bag. yeah <laughs> i i didn't even know that stereotype and i'm sure it's a stereotype and it's like not true but and I'm sure everybody, like, no matter where, there's somebody that has cash in their house. Yeah. But, yeah, like she said, they're perpetuating that stereotype. Yeah, and it's a stereotype that they've kind of made up themselves. Because, like you said, I'd never heard of it I don't either. know that. You've no. never heard of that. Yeah. I mean, stereotypes are ones that people are commonly aware of, and we try not to perpetuate them because That's it's right. terrible to do such, such a thing. Um, so I did ask her, how much money oh, okay. are your parents carrying around? So let's have a listen. You'll be really surprised, Bo. Okay, let's... <laughs> I'm really curious. She probably has like, I don't know, definitely, it's insane, like 20000 20000 She's carrying around $20,000 just because she thinks that it's not safe in the house. Just because, yeah, she thinks it's not safe in the house. And it's also not safe in the bank for some reason. And it's in multiple currencies. That is insane. <laughs> You're carrying around, and it sounds like in small bills, like ones and fives and tens. Really? In $20,000 in cold, hard cash. It's not even like she's got $21,000 bills, if anyone even yeah. has those. <laughs> yeah, or right. maybe, you know, a hundred, uh, tw- whatever the, how what's the math? If you had $20,000 in so, $100 bills, how many $100 bills would you have? Yeah, so... So twenty thousand, so two hundred. Uh, it's not two thousand because that would be ten dollar bills. So it's two hundred, one hundred dollar bills. Yeah. So that would be less insane, in my opinion. Two hundred, one hundred dollar bills. Yeah, carry that around. Right. Not I mean, so bad. I mean, maybe if you are super rich and you maybe you do that. Maybe you do that. You just got in the car. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people who have like jars and jars full of pennies. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. With all of that, it's money. I mean, it's money just sitting on your shelf. It's a good thing to analyze, right? Like, why are we saving these things on the shelf and, and not putting them in a bank or, or spending them? You know, what, what's that feeling? It just feels like we're doing something good, right? So I think this comes down to a lot of people's upbringing. So mm. if you came from a humble beginning mm-hmm. um, or if you were very poor growing up and money was something that was scarce in your home and it was always something that was a point of tension, that creates this vulnerability where you feel like when I do have cash, I don't want to give it away. It kind of also lends itself to hoarding. You know, a lot of people say, well, why do you hoard? And it's disgusting. And why do you have your house full of stuff that mm-hmm. you don't need? But it really comes down to if you come from a place where there was a time where you didn't have much and you never knew when you might need this one thing, how could you possibly throw it away? How do you see it, Bo? After you said that, I'm now thinking, so this source of fear for them, uh, the constant fear is also maybe a source of comfort for them. Of course, yeah. It's all wrapped into this really anxious ball. (laughs) Yeah. Like... Oh, they, so they need to know where their money is. So they're always under tension. Oh, this sounds exhausting. Like every, 
<laughs> everything that they do has got to be exhausting. And yeah, the the lack of growth, like that, that seems like the, the the last thing that we need to worry about is whether it's growing or not. I think you know, like funny enough, like I, I you know, we talk about putting your money to work for you, but in this situation, it seems like there's so much more going on that like that's one part of it. Like let's put it in a place where it grows, but let's just get this anxiety off of them somehow. Yeah, and I almost feel like they need to see like a psychologist yeah. or someone to work through their their emotions about money and then once they get the money in then they have a conversation about investing and then they have a conversation about maybe taking some risks in their investments i think that they are so far away from getting to a point where we would give them the advice to put it into a high interest savings account in your tfsa yeah. they are they are so far away from that like there is so much work that needs to be done in their mind almost before that we can get them to their personal finance lessons that they can learn. Well, uh, Rachel had a little bit of insight on why they're doing this, right? Yeah, so let's have a listen to what she said about that. I, I think that comes from like, I think just like a very old school mentality that having hard cash is much more tangible. And also just because, you know, like my parents aren't really exactly up to date with like online banking and banking apps. So they don't really have a very immediate connection to what they do have in the bank. It's, you know, they still get, you know, statements and bills in the mail. And if they want to check something or deposit money, they have, they go physically to the bank to do that. You know, like if I were to, I think I once tried to introduce my mom to like, you can deposit checks through your phone, through the apps, like it totally freaked her out. Well, she was just like, how do you know the money gets in there? You know, I was just like, well, it just does. I mean, that's what they do at the bank anyway. They just scan the check and then they throw it out, you know. Um, but it's just, it just, to her, anything that isn't physical transactions, it makes her feel like it's, she can't trust it. Auto deposits or, or even like e-transfers, like those are just out of question. Uh, Rachel's situation, it sounds like it's unique, but I spoke to Shannon Lee Simmons, financial planner. And according to her, this happens quite often where she gets clients or they, her clients are talking to her about their parent situation, about this relationship that they have with cash. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's the it's the general rule. I would definitely say it's the exception, but I've come across here a lot of people from a lot of walks of life, and I've definitely seen that in my days, and more than once. So it, it's something that I think still lingers. And I have found that people who are maybe a bit older or have experienced something um, like, or their parents experienced something like that, it's it's a financial trauma that kind of travels through to the next generation because I mean if you're raised in a home where someone is constantly telling stories and anecdotes about how they there wasn't money in a bank um, and you know there's always money in the banana stand right like you want to you that becomes part of your repertoire and part of your financial plan too we pass things on to our, the next generation and for better or for worse so I have absolutely seen that in the modern day again it's not the it's not the norm it's definitely something that's outside of the norm of what i see but i have seen it with young people too i was amazed to hear that shannon has clients that actually have this problem i thought i was going to her with this completely unique idea um, of something that we never hear about anymore but according to shannon it does happen people do have this this emotion when it comes to cash that they need to carry it around and not put it in the bank. Yeah, in, in my current experience, this doesn't exist, this concept, but it, and it's an old school thing. But it does make sense. Like the, dis, the, the mistrust of, of banks or, or just any financial system based on the, the life that you've lived. 
Exactly. And yeah. why would that change now? And especially now, now let's add technology in to make it easier. No, that's scary. Yes. You know, like my, my dad doesn't do online banking, it, it, but he does, he does regular banking because like that's what that existed in his lifetime. But he's never been a big fan of online banking and that's totally fine. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, uh, Shannon and I talked a little bit about if you've, you know, if you've experienced a run on the banks, um, you know, m- most of us lived through the 2008, 2009 financial There's crisis. Too, yeah. Right. So we, a lot of us lost a lot of money in that situation. And then if you go back even further, like say you grew up with parents who lived through the depression, because there's not many people around anymore who would have been of age in their depression, like 20, 30 years old, but say your parents came through the depression and they knew what it felt like to have nothing Mm -hmm. and they knew what it felt like to not be able to go into a bank and get money out. Uh, You might have that just ingrained in you that I need to, I need to protect what's mine. I need to carry around what's mine. Otherwise someone's going to take it from me. Yeah. Or it'll get reduced to zero by markets that you don't understand. Yeah. It sort of makes sense. I mean, it just, it's, this is, we have an extreme example, I feel. Yeah, and um, Shannon gave some advice uh, of what she believes Rachel should tell her parents to do with this money. And I think it's pretty solid what she's telling them to do. So one of the things that I usually will help educate somebody around um, is that lost opportunity and also maybe looking into something like CBIC insurance um, and, you know, doing some education around that. So if the fear of, you know, keeping your money in the bank is what happens if, um, then you know, there is a thing that we have in Canada called CDIC insurance, the Canadian Depository Insurance Company, and, you know, up to $100,000 per account for your deposits is insured. So I've seen the, you know, digital aspect of this could be you spread your money out. If it's all in cash and you don't want to invest it, you spread it out between different financial institutions up to that, you know, $100,000 mark that you're always kind of insured by the government. So that's something that can help to appease some of that anxiety that might be going on there. Because I think ultimately, like what you're asking, um, the missed opportunity, well, I think there's two things that are that are risky with keeping too much money on the sidelines and literally out, like not even in a high interest rate savings account, like in a mattress or in a box under a tree, is that number one, that money is not keeping pace with inflation. So even if this isn't about investing or not, and this is just about you know collecting high interest rates uh, in a savings account versus staying dormant. So over time, the longer that goes on, the less that money is going to keep pace with inflation, so less buying power it has. So I think that that's something that is not good. And so you can easily fix that um, without taking on investment risk or anything like that just by having it in a savings deposit account that's earning some interest. And that would be insured with you know CDIC insurance. So there's a there is a solution there that's maybe less scary. So I think the first thing is keeping pace with inflation. That's the that's the number one worry. The second one is if you're actually physically carrying it around on your person, or if you have it in your house, if you get robbed, having a lot, like some of your nest egg in cash is is easy to take at that point. And what if you lost it or something like that? So I think that there's a there's a fear of it actually getting lost or stolen, which is much higher um, than perhaps you know I, um, what would happen if it was invested or saved in a financial institution. That's the second piece, and then. The third piece, which I think is the heart of the matter, too, is that, you know, not only is it just not keeping pace with inflation, but there might be potential for it to do even more than keeping pace with inflation. So if you were to invest it over a long period of time, taking advantage of some of the tax saving strategies, like using an RSP or something like that, 
for retirement. There's a whole slew of other financial planning levers that you might be able to pull with your nest egg that can make it do more for you than simply keeping it paced inflation. But at that point, it does take on, there's always where there's reward, there's risk. And so sometimes you've got to ease people into that idea because if there's someone who's carrying a lot of cash, there's probably some anxiety there that needs to be dealt with first. That's three solid bits of advice that Shannon is giving Rachel to tell her parents that there is this protection out there, CDIC insurance that will protect you. Sounds like they only have $20,000 in cash. I was just thinking that's still Rachel's guess though, right? Like they could have, they could have more. They this could is have true. I envelope. never even thought about they this. They could have saved those $1,000 bills, you know, when they did have them. They did. You could get $1,000. And they could have another envelope. That's just her guess. She probably like didn't go into the bag, right? This is going to come out of left field, but have you seen the the Amazon Prime show, The Marvelous Miss Maisel? No, but I know of it. I've heard that it's very good. So there's one family that has the same kind of attitude when it comes to cash. And what they've done is, I mean, it's a little bit comedic. It was very comedic. When they need money, they've hit it all over, you know, in their house and other people's homes, (laughs) in their business. And they've built these, they've drawn these treasure maps. So only the the couple that that knows where the money is understands these treasure maps. Wow. Um, and so the the brother is now or rather the son is now going through these treasure maps and he says to his soon to be ex-wife, "I think my parents have have hidden some money in your house." <laughs> so he calls her and lo and behold behind the floorboards there's at the time, I mean this show is set in 1958, I believe, $2,000 in cold hard cash wow so and in someone else's house in someone else's house and so they <laughs> maybe rachel's parents like you just said are doing the same thing are they I, telling her the whole story even probably not <laughs> it's like anything when you first realize someone's doing something that isn't exactly right it's just the surface you're just scratching yeah, it yeah, right they just, she didn't know about it before they've probably been doing it for so long right yeah, and $20,000 saved up over 10 years is not a lot of money. They've been doing it for much longer than 10 mm-hmm. years, right? So I wonder. Yeah, so there's a CDIC, and what was the second one that uh, that Shannon said? Well, she was saying even having it in a high-interest savings account, at least you're keeping pace with inflation. So that is at the very least, your money mm-hmm. is not uh, reducing in value. So inflation was the second one, the right. key, because uh, it's not like there's no risk in putting... Like if you have the CDIC coverage, there is no risk in having your money in a savings account. Yes. Because it's not invested in a market or subject to market risk. Right. Exactly. And people don't realize that. People Mm. don't realize that there is um, a lot of protection available to you when you have the world's most uh, conservative type of savings, which is just a regular savings account or a GIC where it's a guaranteed amount of return. Yeah. uh, That you don't have to worry about you know, whether your money is safe or not, it is safe, protected, backstopped by the government. I was thinking they'd be a good candidate for, for GICs, right? If we just were able to explain to them, you know, because what we're addressing here is really fear, right? right? We have to focus on all of the things that are causing them to be afraid. And, and so the risk uh, is one of them. And so if we can convince them that uh, a guaranteed investment certificate guaranteed is guaranteed. Is the key word, yes. And the third thing she was saying is that it's just the vulnerability of having cash lying around. I mean, if you if you think about it, if somebody knows that you have this cash, they might hurt you to get that money. So you are setting yourself up for a possible violent incident or somebody uh, targeting you because they know that if they can just get past you, there's a big uh, pot of gold waiting for that robber or whoever it is that's entering your home um, if they can just get get you out of the way. And that could mean 
really hurting the person, you know, that they're trying to get the money from. And, and I'm thinking about accidents like fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't yeah. know how I guess our money melts now. Right. Does it? <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but then multiple currencies like, you know, all currency is flammable in one way or another. So that not even something that they did, like they're keeping safe. They're drawing not, no attention to themselves. Somebody just starts a fire by accident. And they have no way of proving where this money came from. If uh, Rachel wants to get her parents to start putting that money in the bank, I did try to get in touch with uh, an organization that deals with money laundering to get their advice. They never really got back to me. Uh, But my best advice would be is to start, first of all, converting all of that money into Canadian cash. Sure, yeah. And then secondly, uh, start putting money away in small amounts so it doesn't raise red flags. I mean, up to $10,000 usually doesn't raise a red flag. But if you have never put that kind of money into a bank account and you all of a sudden walk in with five grand, it could. Yeah. So I would say, you know, they could start with two, three hundred dollars every couple of weeks um, and make it so that it's not something that's going to get the bank asking you questions. I mean, the money is legitimate. Not like, not like I'm asking them to do something illegitimate. Just you want to do it in a way that causes them the least amount of anxiety because it sounds like they have a lot already. And I'm sure most bank employees wouldn't care if you brought in a bunch of cash. You probably see this uh, all the time. But uh, I think they are required to fill out a form for anything over nine 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 right point nine nine uh, legally uh, and report it to the government right. Just so, so definitely they, not that much. But I think even if they did have to fill out that form, it would just explain where the money came from. And and even if they did happen to get investigated for this, they would be found to be innocent of everything because this money is theirs. So I don't think like automatically depositing it and filling out a money laundering thing is necessarily even a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a bit of extra paperwork, I guess. But maybe they'll think that that means the government could seize their money too. So I think that keeping as low of a profile sure. as possible is probably better for their mental state. Yes. Because yes. you don't want them to all of a sudden feel uh. like it, the anxiety could get even, they, they could double down on the anxiety, <laughs> right? And start doing even more crazy things when it comes to their cash. I just want to take care of these people. Yes. And I think also they could start paying for things in cash, start paying groceries in cash. Mm -hmm. So rather than using a credit card or using your debit account, leave that money in there um, and start buying things in cash. And that will be a way of you spending that money without raising red flags. Again, because it's legitimate and because they, they own this money, they just now are in a situation where they don't know how to be safe with it anymore. Mm -hmm. I think that was a great show, though. Yeah, Yeah. I really... Like, this is a really cool topic that I thought was maybe so unique, but it has all of these applicable themes, right? Like, just uh, the fear of money, the fear of what money might do or it might go away or uh, or what if I spend it? What if I don't spend it? It's all there. And, I mean, you mentioned your dad, how he doesn't like to do online banking. My dad's the same way. I mean, yeah. he's 76 years old. He hasn't grown up with it. And I am sure that when you and I have grandkids and you and I are yeah. in a different <laughs> financial system, that we are going to be like, well, we only do mobile deposit after that. We're not yeah. we're not comfortable with whatever system they're going to the come brain, up with. brain connection banking. Exactly. We, we won't trust it because we didn't we grow won't. up with it. And maybe our kids might be on a show like Dear Ruby talking about how, why can't I convince my parents <laughs> to sign up for, I don't even know what it would be called, virtual banking? Yeah, or they keep, so, they, keep, they use passwords like, you know, from 50 years ago. Yeah. What is that? They don't have implants like we do. Exactly. But we're too afraid to go get the implant because what else are they implanting <laughs> in That's us? That's right, because we live through this time where we don't trust any government. Exactly. <laughs> 
Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone, to uh, this second episode of Dear Ruby. I hope you got some uh, good information out of it, some insight. Maybe you have somebody in your life uh, that carries a lot of cash around for whatever reason, and you want to convince them that that's maybe not the safest thing to do. Um, If you have any question about your personal finances and you want Dear Ruby to help you solve it, please go to our website, dearruby.com, D-E-A-R-R-U-B-I.com. Record your question and send it to us, and we will try to feature it on the show. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, Bo. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.